experience, right? Like someone who was busy last month might have nothing right now. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it's like, I think someone said that in one of the comments, just talking about the, uh, what was the, uh, the, I was talking about the 80, 20 rule saying like how, uh, with this little inventory, how, how many agents are actually oh, a, making a, a living, thousand, right? a thousand transactions and 35, right, 3,400 yeah, yeah. agents are, you know, and it's, and it's true because there's, you know, it's like 20% of the agents do most of the work. <clears throat> you know, I'm in that, I'm in that 20% because this is full time for me. So, I mean, you're right, but then they have other jobs to subsidize them because like real estate, being a realtor in Ottawa used to be a full-time job. Like you weren't allowed to have a part-time job and now you can do both. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of agents in the city. So when you see that 3,500 number, I mean, I'm going to guess like almost maybe not half, but a lot have other um, income. You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. We're back. We're back. It is, uh, <laughs> never fails. The last I, week of March. I, and I say that every time. The last week of March. Uh, my name is Paul Stevenson. I am one of the owners and a mortgage agent at Referral Mortgages. I'm joined, as always, by my business partner, David Warren. Also a mortgage agent at Referral Mortgages and an owner, obviously. And uh, Greg Campbell, <laughs> managing director at the agency Ottawa. Superstar, magician. Yeah, try to be. <laughs> Greg, you said you had a, an amazing story from the weekend. And, I, and <laughs> gotta, we've, been on, we've been on bended knee here, just waiting. Just, yeah, just... I've, got a, I've got an amazing story for everybody. So I had some clients that came in from out of town. And we've looked at a few properties. So, and this is the same. I was talking about them last week up to like 1.5. So anyways, we found something. I did a video walkthrough. Uh, my guys liked the property. He decided to jump in his car and drive up here last Thursday, I guess it was. And now on the offer, you know the difference how it'll say <clears throat> no conveyance of offers, which means that they're waiting till that specific day to do an offer. We've talked about it. And then you'll get the offers to be presented at this time the seller reserves the right to review preemptive offers. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. So we went in and saw it. It was two days on market. They're like, let's pull the trigger. So we submit. As soon as we submit, another offer gets submitted. We increase our offer substantially. Very much so. We were 200,000 over, over asking. <clears throat> so we're like, okay, well, there's no way that they're not going to just sign off on this. Gave them their closing date, which was way too far further, further out than my guys wanted. Got the closing date, 200,000 over ask. Agent calls me back. He's like, dude, he's like, they're, he's like, they're not, they're not going to look at it. They're going to wait until offer day. Right. And I'm like, okay, so we're sitting here, you know, maybe they, they there was some big song and dance kind of them. They just couldn't handle it. They didn't want to deal with it. We're like, Okay, fine. And so like, I talked to my clients and they're like, really? And they're like, okay, well, now she's like, well, now that I have the time, I'm going to come to town and I'm going to see the property myself, the, the wife, right? So <clears throat> they come back again, go to see the property. At this point, this is right before offered offers uh, yesterday. And, um, you know, there's now five offers. They go in and they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to submit on it. Um, we're going to do uh, 1. Uh, 1.225. They were at one point. They were at one point three previously. Thursday, preemptive. Okay, now they're at one point two two five. They're like, you know what? Don't like how that went down last week. This is what it's worth to us right now. Okay, 
So we submit, there's seven offers total now. <clears throat> I'm thinking, that, I'm like, there's no way we're going to get this. This is probably going to go for 1.3, but I'm like, you know, whatever, this, this makes sense. We got a shot at it. We're still 125 over. And uh, anyway, so I get a call from the agent. We lost. And, but he's like, dude, he's like, you have no idea how much money they left on the table by not taking your 1.3 last week. Like, I guess one of them was like very, very distraught, like basically in tears. So uh, they, they ended up leaving $70,000 on the table by not taking our offer on Thursday. So just an interesting story for sellers. Uh, you know, uh, what, what's the term? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, that, that, That's a lot of money to leave on the table. Well, we talked about it last week too, that, that it's not always, it doesn't always work out, right? For no. The, uh, on the, you know, whether to accept that preemptive like, or, or wait, because people kind of, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off in this case. It, it did. <laughs> it, like they still, they still did well. They still did yeah. well, but I mean, I, they must've been like, they were devastated sitting at the table, realizing that you just gave up $70,000 by not doing. And you know, the agent was very, I mean, he was doing his job. He, he told him, he's like, if it was me, I would, I would go for this. Right. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to wait. We're going to wait. So anyways, um, so I'm not, story. I'm, not, I'm not a realtor, but I feel like that is also, um, you know, if you're going to list your house at a specific price, like you, sh in my opinion, should list it as something that you're happy getting, not, you know, like it's wow. just, it doesn't need to be a game. You know what I mean? It can just literally be, a professional transaction i want to get 1.5 million for my home yeah if it goes higher than that great if it goes lower okay but when you get whatever 130,000 over your asking price and you're disappointed that's mm -hmm. that's a miscommunication somewhere along the line well i mean you know they uh anyways they shot themselves in the foot it was too bad i mean i i felt you know i felt bad for them in a way but my clients were like you know what that's uh they had the opportunity and they missed out so you know, they, 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 they didn't love the house completely, but it worked for them. They were going to do some renovations. So it fit. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it fit at that new price and that new price wasn't enough. So it only, and it only sold for 5,000 uh, more than their final offer. So anyways, tough, uh, tough scenario, but interesting, just good to know that it's not, uh, it's not all roses in the real estate I, I, market of multiple <clears throat> offers. I have heard, I have heard uh, from a number of realtors and, and this might not parlay into, you know, recent markets, but typically that your first offer in a lot of cases, is your yeah, best offer. Almost always. And, and to play with that and whether like you on the realtor side or you as the client need to realize that as well, that that first offer is typically the best. And that's, yeah. I don't know if that, I don't, do you find that Greg? Like that's what I've heard over uh, absolutely. the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've got another scenario last week. I, I had a pretty busy week and, you know, there was something happened where we got an offer um, at asking price, which I was surprised about on a property that I had up. And then on offer day, we got another offer at asking price. And then we got one that was a little bit higher. So, you know, it was my job to, to have that conversation with the seller and be like, listen, if we got three offers that are almost the same, that's telling us that your house is worth that much money. So I would take one of these offers. He's like, well, you know, do we maybe just not take them and relist? And I said, you know, you, I, you can do that. 
I go, but we could be here in two more months if we increase the cost to like, you know, 50,000 more because that's what, you know, you wanted. If we do that, then we could still be sitting here in four weeks, eight weeks, and you still get an offer at the same price as you just got now. And then you've wasted those weeks, you know, stress financially, whatever, right? So yeah, first offer, I mean, unless it's just, you know, unless it's horrible, I mm. just work it, work it until you can't. I tell, I tell everybody that, you know, but as it was, it was good to see, um, you know, if three people are saying that, or if you've got, mm-hmm. if everyone's kind of around the same price, then clearly that's what the mark, the buyers are telling yeah. you that your home yeah. is worth, right? There's no, like, there's nothing else to say about that. You could think your own house is worth uh, a fortune, but it's what the market dictates. It was, exactly. Worth. And there was still some big sales on the weekend. I did. I got another one done on, on Saturday. Like these people came in from out of town, saw four homes. They, they were like, you know, excited. Let's go see these homes. We went and saw one and they were open to preemptives. We submitted a hundred over, which was amazing for that. It was a single family in Rockland and we got it. They pushed the offers. They gave us four hours. No one else came in and we got the house. It was crazy. It was like the most seamless paradise deal I've done in like <laughs> six months, a year. Um, great agent on the other end too. I've known for a long time. So anyways, it was just like, you know, there's, there's a, you know, I, it was a busy week. A lot of craziness happened, but then, you know, there's anyways, everybody ends up where they need to be. Now, yeah, now got, you've been having a busy week. Have, have you found that your whole office has been really busy? Like, what are you seeing in the market right now from a, uh, a number of transactions? Are you seeing it just as busy, even though rates have skyrocketed this last two weeks? It's, uh, well, you know, it's like everybody has a different experience, right? Like someone who was busy last month might have nothing right now. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it's like, I think someone said that in one of the comments, just talking about the, uh, what was the, uh, the, I was talking about the 80-20 rule, saying like how... Um, with this little inventory, how, how many agents are actually oh, a, th- a, living, a thousand, right? a thousand transactions and 3,400 agents are, you know, and it's, and it's true because there's, you know, it's like 20% of the agents do most of the work. <clears throat> you know, I'm in that, I'm in that 20% cause this is full time for me. So, I mean, you're right, but then they have other jobs to subsidize them because like real estate, being a realtor in Ottawa used to be full-time job. Like you weren't allowed to have a part-time job. And now you can do both, right? So there's a lot of a lot of agents in the city. So when you see that 3,500 number, I mean, I'm going to guess like almost maybe not half, but a lot have other um, income coming mm-hmm. from somewhere else to help out. But uh, anyways. Yeah, it is you tough. have, sorry, Paul, it, go, go It is tough. Uh, it is tough to get into the industry as well. Like we, we oftentimes talk to like through our academy and other things, talk to agents that are brand new to the industry and are looking to do it part-time and especially on our side uh i am not saying it's um it's different i guess in the sense that there's a lot more to know from a standpoint of like we have you know 40 different lenders all different products different rates uh even just the products are available for structuring the mortgage <clears throat> from cmhc and sagen and so on so there's so much to know that to do it part-time is mm-hmm. like putting yourself at a massive disadvantage mm-hmm. so talking about that 80 20 rule in mortgages, 80% of agents leave the industry in their first two years. And it's because probably a lot of them as well are trying to do it part-time while they're doing yeah. you know, a career in engineering or something. And they, this is something they're doing as, as, a, as an interest. And it's not something you can just do once a month with you know, your family member and, and be giving sound advice or, or be you know, no. really benefiting the industry per se. Uh, so it is something like we tell agents, especially new agents, that you have to be committing anywhere from two to four hours a day to, to learning, like just education. And that's very challenging to do if you're a brand new agent working a full-time job 
elsewhere. So I, yeah, I always laugh when I see that number. Cause I know the, I think the other number is like the average realtor does two transactions a year or something, yeah. which, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not surviving on two deals a year. So there's obviously a big number <laughs> no, of that. that is, uh, that's part time. No, I mean, think about it. Like you do two deals a year. Let's just say you make 10 grand on each deal. That's 20 grand after taxes. You know, what do you, what do you got left? You know, you're like maybe 14, maybe 14,000. So like, I mean, that's, you know, that's nice. It's, it's extra, it's extra money if that's why you're doing it just to have some extra income. But uh, yeah, it makes it, it makes it tough for our industry because, you know, a lot of those agents, they aren't trained well enough and they don't, you know, they might not be giving the best advice that they could be because they're not full-time in the business. You know, in the uh, on the mortgage side, we, uh, you know, uh, this week will be telling as to what the number of drop the numbers drop off. I was I was on a a recent webinar with uh, the licensing body FISRA for uh, the financial industry, and and they were saying that basically over the last two years has been an uptick of almost thirty percent of mortgage agents joining the industry. But on our side, you have to relicense every year, so there's you have to re you have to go through a relicensing. You have to pay each year. Um, you know, it's not a, a large sum, but it's not a small sum either. You know, it's about a thousand bucks a year um, to do this relicensing. So it'll be interesting this week, March 31st is that, uh, that deadline. So right. we're curious to see now that things have opened back <laughs> up, that other industries are open back up. Cause I think a lot of types of industries saw an influx over COVID people being at home, looking at maybe transitioning their employment yeah. um, to see how many did that in our industry and how many stick around or been able to survive uh, this past year and, and are actually going to, you know, commit for yeah. another year, if you will. Because it's, you know, there's that relicensing, but there's also, you know, insurance and and, and yeah. other fees that go yeah. in as well. That like just before you even, you know, make a buck. So I'm curious to see as of uh, April 1st, what that what that number switches to. And, and even with our our group and within the academy that we run as well, whether whether it's impacted and, and what that ripple is. Yeah, it's not cheap to be in our business. It's a lot of fun when you when you work hard and do well. But uh, yeah, you know, not for everyone. Yeah. The wild world well, of real estate and mortgages. <laughs> last, now, last we, week, go ahead, Paul. I keep cutting you off. We keep <laughs> talking at the same time. <clears throat> I know we need we need a yeah. We're doing great. Um, <laughs> you know, the, often that's actually why I wear the headphones all the time because I feel like I can hear people quicker when when they're talking. So I don't I I don't talk over people as much. But obviously we're uh, we're failing today. Um, I was just going to talk about last week's episode. If that's where is that where you're going, David? Yeah, great. <laughs> See, we're on the same page. Uh, so last week we were talking about uh, the, the historical numbers in Ottawa, and uh, got a lot of comments, a lot of interest. Anytime we talk about numbers like that, even throughout the week, uh, we did a webinar on Wednesday, and one of the questions was, "Oh, when's the crash coming? Like, when when's the market going to crash?" Yeah. So that was like. It, it, it happens all the time. So I directed everyone to the show. I said, listen, we just went over the last like 65 years of data in Ottawa and uh, it got a lot of comments. One of the comments actually by a gentleman named Dick Wong says, I'm curious, how does the average salary in Ottawa compare to the average home price historically? Or to put the question another way, say you had a $20 an hour job. Could you afford a home in the nineties versus a $20 an hour job now? And before I know Dave, you had a really good, um, really good response to this. Before we do that, I was thinking uh, when I read this last week, when I was 17, raising my daughter, uh, living on my own, I was a supervisor at Grand and Toy and I was making $10 an hour <laughs> and I was able to survive. So I know things have changed obviously over the last 21 years, 
Um, but it's interesting to just that perspective of what we used to make on an hourly basis or on a paycheck compared to what people are making now. Uh, and just seeing that never ending uptick, mm -hmm. right. Of just, uh, income and inflation. But, uh, Dave, I know you had some really good, uh, Intel on, on that and you kind of did some research as well. Maybe you want to share that with yeah. us if you don't mind. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I don't know if, uh, Stephen, if you want to bring up the article, so this is an article from, uh, April of 2021. So, basically a year ago, but, but basically given a good illustration of uh, the average household income to buy an average home in the different markets. So um, for those of you that are viewing this on, on you know, video or YouTube, uh, left-hand column is a static number of, of 1x, 3x, 5x, 8x. This is how many times your average household income um, to purchase a, the average home in that market. So, and along the bottom is the years uh, along the bottom axis. So, you know, starting in 1980, you know, or the first charts Canada as a whole. And so we're looking at three times your income and it kind of stays stagnant around three and fluctuates between three and five times a little bit. Um, and then in around 2018, you know, really kind of jumps uh, even before the pandemic. I was saying to the guys off the air, it's kind of ironic that uh, the federal government brought in uh, the stress test in 2018 when this average actually jumped, when the idea was uh, behind all those changes from 2018 were to uh, to slow it down. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, But if you scroll down to, there's, there's charts on Vancouver, on Toronto, um, and as well in Ottawa, but, but looking, you know, if you look at Vancouver, we obviously know Vancouver is, you know, pretty darn expensive, uh, but you'll see around 2010, it really jumping. So actually almost 2018, uh, 2008 rather at six times your income. And even back as far as 95, it looks like seven times your income for an average house in, in, uh, the Vancouver area and kind of hovering around actually that five to, to six mark for a while dipping a bit early 2000s and then on a little bit of a steady incline uh, and it's hovering around the currently around the the 11 11 times uh, household income for an average home Toronto similar you know slower rise uh, hovering around the four and then increasing to now about 10 times in 2020 and then scrolling down to Ottawa uh, you'll see you know, it was in 1980 uh, yeah that and we've always talked wow. about Ottawa in a very stable um, stable market. And, and again, for those of you that aren't, haven't been listening that long or, or might've forgotten. And if you look it up that, that Ottawa has the highest average household income in Canada. Um, so, and, and that's, you know, been that way for, for quite a long period of time, um, being a tech and government hub. And so you see kind of a static, um, you know, fluctuation of, of income or, you know, average household to, to home price. But then in 2018, roughly, it kind of jumping up, but we're still averaging around that six times the income, uh, household income. Now, one thing to kind of keep in mind when looking at all this, you'll see, you know, it's kind of a trend all the way, whether you be in Moncton and Montreal, Ottawa, it, it jumping at the same time. Um, but from a numbers standpoint, when you're looking at qualifying for a mortgage, you know, it's roughly around five times your income from an, uh, you know, a, uh, a you know, from a high level numbers, five times your income of what you would qualify for as a mortgage amount without any debt. Now that's after your down payment, that is what you're qualifying for as a loan amount. So, you know, the number at being in Ottawa of 6X, 7X, I mean, once you subtract down payment, you're really in that, um, 
at that five five times range. Um, it's not something where the market is even stretched beyond where you know Vancouver is or anything like that. Where Ottawa actually has a higher average household income compared to Vancouver, mm-hmm. compared to Toronto, and and in Vancouver you're at that eleven and twelve times your household income, and we're only at six, and we have a higher average household income. Yeah. So, you know, I know I know when you're looking at it, and people talk about well, you know, minimum wage is this. At the end of the day, it's you know minimum wage isn't you know, it doesn't dictate where a market is um, from a, from an average household income. Um, and so that's something to kind of keep in mind. Obviously, house prices, like we showed before uh, last week, have really jumped uh, incrementally, but it's not a rarity of having double digit growth, uh, even 15 and 20% growth, you know, each decade, there seems to be two years, when you look at the historical pattern, and, and really, we're kind of just seeing that that built up over the years. And like I said, it's kind of ironic that the mortgage qualifying rules changed in 2018. And that's when we saw kind of the uh, the takeoff of home prices um, at that same time. And it was kind of meant to do the opposite. So there's a lot of talk of, of new rule changes coming um, in the market. And and a lot of those, you know, who knows what what whether they'll have that adverse reaction or not. Um, you know, there's talk of higher you know, fees or taxes associated to price points over a million, taxing primary residents, increasing down payment on rentals to 30 and 35 percent mm-hmm. from 20 percent, um, increasing the capital gains tax on rentals. Uh, there's a whole host of, of changes that one, of, one, if not a few of these that I mentioned are going to come this year, just a matter of how many. Um, and in addition to that, you know, kind of the, the price chain, you know, price increase. So it'll be interesting to see how the market reacts to these changes because, you know, everyone thought when back in the day, you know, probably about 10 years ago, they, they used to be, you could qualify for a mortgage zero down and 40 year amortization. That's what it was in crazy back in 2012 and 2011, um, was a 40 year am insured 0% down. And the prices in Ottawa were maintaining around that. 4x your average household income was what prices were. They lowered that to 35 years, to 30, to 25 years. Brought in, you know, used to qualify at the contract rate. Now increased it to stress test. Now prices have increased this last two weeks dramatically, uh, where you know you're getting fixed rates in the 389, 379. Uh, they've come up well over a percent over the last month, month and a half. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the the market reacts to this, and especially any changes kind of going forward. But you know, if history's kind of dictated anything. It's it's that you can put in these rule changes, you can change you know things within the market. Mm-hmm. But if we're bringing in you know pre pandemic was uh, six hundred thousand new immigrants to Canada every year, and we're getting back to that ramping up to get back to that now, unless the supply is there those people coming to Canada within Canada, the population growth, they're going to move to major cities and cities like Ottawa mm-hmm. with transit that we have, we're over a million population. That price point is going to continue to, to increase. And, and you can kind of look to Toronto and to Vancouver of what their household incomes are and where they've been over the past and what, you know, to where we very well could ramp up to being. So I thought that was kind of interesting looking at that, those charts from a, uh, an illustrative standpoint. That's awesome. Very well said, David. Um, I always love that the deterrent to buying homes is just to tax more. We'll just, we'll just take more tax if they, mm-hmm. uh, if they sell, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what were the four things you said that you said that they're proposing just so that, uh, I know there's, you went yeah, there, there's definitely several there. So, uh, certainly this year, uh, it'll be an increase to down payment on rentals to either 30 or 35%. 
uh, from the current 20% mm -hmm. minimum uh, to slow down that investor market. Again, that's politicians looking at the headlines of, you know, we talked about the one in one in five. However, uh, when looking at that study, they were, they were lumping into that investor pool, uh, people buying, uh, not first time home buyers, just buying and buying a home for family or even re or re or buying and are upsizing their home. They were lumping in the, that buyer segment into that investor segment as well. So it was disproportionately higher. Uh, so, you know, politicians looking at that and saying, well, we've got to solve this for the investor market and we're going to increase down. So that's definitely coming in. They've been talking about capital gains on primary residences for a while. I, you know, I don't think anyone's going to still do that, but um, who knows? We'll see there, but, but certainly, you know, raising, raising taxes on, on rentals, capital gains on rentals. Um, they've been talking about it on the equities market for a long time. And, and they're talking about it again on the, on the real estate side of things. So I, I very well think it'll be a raise in, in, uh, in down payment. Um, and then also one other thing that they mentioned was, was uh, eliminating the ability to uh, use a HELOC for down payments on a, wow. on a property. So really, so, so basically killing off, you know, your, what people use for their, their HELOCs their interest only they're, they fluctuate. Um, and, uh, and so eliminating that as a use again, they can do that, try to do that all they want, but if people, but then banks will allow them to refinance and just pull the cash out as opposed to being in a HELOC. Uh, right. you know, there's other ways around it for sure. Uh, but these are all rule changes that there definitely are on the table this year. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of these discussions and, uh, and what gets implemented and, and again, how the, how the market reacts in combination with the, the rate increases. But, um, like I said, 2018, they brought in the stress test. They brought in all these other changes and, and the market still continued to mm -hmm. flourish. And, uh, and same with eliminating that 40 year am and, and zero down the market didn't, you know, back then it was, uh, you know, over a decade ago is the market's going to crash and, and, and it's, you know, nobody's going to be able to buy, nobody can come up with a down payment and, and look what happened. Uh, so it would be interesting to see the increase in gifted down payments when that, when those changes happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that they increased dramatically. Yeah. We'll find I, a way humans find a way. We'll, uh, you know, people will find something creative to. Well, and we're also coming into, we're also coming into the age of the, uh, the largest wealth transfer in history from mm. baby boomers to their kids as well. You know, yeah. the baby boomers have the largest asset base. <clears throat> in history um, from investments and, and real estate and all that. So over the next 10 years, really, you're going to mm -hmm. have that large transfer of wealth. Sure. And so it'll be interesting to see how that <laughs> you can put in as many world changes as you want, but with that large and influx, uh, a transfer, you know, we'll kind of see how that changes things as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where all that money goes into, right. It's coming out of the standard market and real estate into uh, the hands of others. It'll be interesting to see where that, where that, part of the like where that money moves to mm -hmm. that'll, that'll be very interesting great okay points, david yeah that was hey, that was heat. great come with the heat glad i'm part right. of the show yeah <laughs> where, dave any show. other it's a dave yeah, i know show. <laughs> i know I, just, I don't have my coffee with show. me i have no water or coffee with me i uh just my mouth is already dry <laughs> just sand sand falling out of his mouth right now I will say, I will tell everybody uh, just a quick run in the stats. You know, we're still averaging about um, homes are still selling at about 110% of, of uh, list price. So sale price versus list price. So we're still up. 
still offers homes are still selling over, but there's a lot more coming out now. So, um, yeah, if you've been, if you've been waiting to buy, just start looking, start looking now. Cause there's going to be the, a lot more coming out and there's going to be and some are the listings coming. Like the listings have been incrementally increasing. Yeah, for sure. Rentals are down now uh, a little bit. I think the, I think for the city, it was like, I think there's like a couple hundred less than what there was, you know, in the last few months. Um, there's, I mean, they're still coming out obviously, but uh, yeah, everything in general, it's just, it's moving. We're good. Okay. Well, should we get the mood boost? Let's do yeah. it. Boost me. I'm only doing three today because uh, the the litter wasn't right for picking here. Um, is that, can you say that? I don't even know if that's the right, uh, if that's something you can say. Um, I just made up a quote. Uh, okay, so number one, um, I wouldn't buy anything with Velcro. It's a total ripoff. <laughs> Number two, uh, I went on a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Never again. <laughs> and last but not least, just for you, Greg, um, I wrote a song about a tortilla. Well, actually, it was more of a rap. <laughs> That's a good one. I like That's the it. never again one, actually. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> well, thanks as always to our listeners. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, leave a review if you're uh, so inclined. And a uh, quick thank you to North Brew, our coffee sponsor. If you go to northbrew.ca and use the promo code podcast, you'll get 20% off your coffee order. And 20% of that order uh, goes towards Ottawa's homeless community. So great coffee, great cause. And uh, gentlemen, any closing remarks? No, nothing. We'll see, you, see you next Another- week. Canada's going to the World Cup. Holla at you, boy. Very excited about that. Can't wait. 36 years. Yeah. I've been waiting. Played soccer my whole life. I've never been to the World Cup once. Uh, so it'll be awesome just to see them in the you know top 32 teams fighting for, you know, glory. For our, we're known for our soccer. So uh, fighting for put, glory. put us on the map. Fighting for glory. Yeah. But uh, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week. And uh, gentlemen... I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.